Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. The Love Code, that's what it's all about. It's about uplifting you. It's about opening you to the power that you have within you to heal, to transform your life, to become all that you are truly meant to be. So always thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today and every Saturday at 11 a.m. Or if you just like to get the show delivered right to your inbox, you can opt in to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You can go to my Facebook page where I post the shows every week, and that Facebook page is What Women Must Know. What Women Must Know, and that's the name of the other program I do on Progressive Radio Network. The um, the, the show that I do every Thursday at 4 p.m. is called What Women Must Know, and all things about healing and women and uh, optimizing our well-being. So if you like me over at What Women Must Know, my Facebook page, or opt in to Dr. Cheryl Selman, you will actually get both of those shows. So you'll be able to continue to gather the wisdom and inspiration to help you through each and every day. So I want to talk about my guest today. We're going to be talking about um, something that's so important during these times. We're going to be exploring self-care, self-love, and self-improvement for an empowered life with my guest, Jenny Mannion. And let me just share a little bit about Jennifer because she is amazing. She's an international best-selling author, speaker, highly sought-after intuitive self-love activator, I love that term, self-love activator, and media personality. She graduated from Penn State with a BA in psychology and a keen interest in how our minds work. It was through healing herself from seven years of several debilitating chronic diseases in three weeks that Jenny found her passion to help others. Certified in over 15 healing modalities, including reconnective healing, the Akashic Records, and shamanism, Jenny's intuitive gifts led her to create the popular app, Love365, which offers bite-sized actions and daily love notes to support your healing and ignite your inner flame. Jenny has featured on PBS and iHeartRadio, Huffington Post, ABC Radio, ABC Talk Radio, and many other national TV and radio shows. So we have a great conversation in store for you with my guest, Jenny Mannion, and it's such a pleasure to welcome Jenny to the show. So Jenny, welcome to The Love Code. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am looking forward to our conversation because you have led such an interesting life, and now you have such a passion and are doing such wonderful work in the world. So I think that we should begin by your amazing story because it's um, the wounded healer. I like to call it's the journey of the wounded healer. You know, often we find our purpose and direction in life by encountering our own challenges at whatever stage of life they may occur. And they seem to um, be the, the vehicle that really gets our soul aligned with our purpose here. So I would love for you to share your story of those seven years of several debilitating chronic illnesses and then what happened for you to initiate this profound transformation and healing in three weeks. Yeah, I would love to start there. It was a good starting point. That was really the start of my journey. 
I was sick for seven years, had a bunch of chronic illnesses. I was diagnosed with four. First it was chronic mono, then it was fibromyalgia, then it was genetic blood disorder where they told me I was much more likely to get a blood clot, and I promptly manifested one within a month of them telling me that and wound up in the hospital for five days with a blood clot in my leg. And the last was Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, benign hypermobility. So I really had really a lot of pain in my legs, and basically the doctors were telling me that I would probably wind up in a wheelchair. So a lot of negative thoughts, <laughs> you know, in my head, hearing me this heartbreaking news uh, when I was in my early 30s and mid 30s, being a mom of two young kids. And I just had a lot of negative thoughts going when we're ill, we don't get any kinder to ourselves, unfortunately. Usually it is more things to beat ourselves up about. I was telling myself I wasn't a good enough wife and mom and friend and daughter and really disappointed in myself that I wasn't showing up how I wanted to be, even though that isn't empowering talk to you know, inform our body that we're healing or that we're okay, but really was stuck in you know, believing what the doctors were telling me. I really wasn't given any alternative. I wasn't told, okay, maybe you can try meditation or anything like that. I did do natu- go to naturopaths, but they wound up putting me on tons of vitamins every day and still was very limited. I wasn't told the possibility of healing. So a few things led up to my healing. Uh, I did always refuse. I never did go on antidepressants. I was definitely had a doctor that was kind of pushing those, but I really wanted to be in touch with all my emotions and I wanted to yeah, I wasn't depressed. I was sad because I was sick and, and the situation. So I did fight those, didn't go on those. I did put off pain pills for a while. I grew up in New York City, so I'd seen a lot of addiction. I was very fearful of going on pain medication in my mid-30s. What would that be like if I was on that for the rest of my life? Uh, what happened was I did meet a girlfriend. I had I'd gone out and met someone. We had an instant connection. We had... Uh, Sons about the same age, and she was a new friend, and she so she didn't associate me with sick Jenny. She just you know was getting to know me, and that meeting her kind of inspired me to take like a quarter of a dose of the pain medication just to be able to go out for a walk with her. I had really limited exercise. I was told I, I had been in yoga dance. I was told not to do that anymore. That I would make my condition worse. And dance had always been a part of my life, always been a joy. So I did take medication just so I was able to go for a walk. And I started kind of finding myself again, remembering who Jenny was. A lot of times when we do get married, have kids, and become all of those roles. And I really kind of lost who I was. And I think that put me in the right frame of mind that when the movie The Secret came out, there are a couple of lines in that that really just kind of catalyzed me. Gratitude was an important piece. I wasn't grateful. I was really focusing on the things I was not grateful for and that were limited in my life, as well as just hearing that the body is always creating cells and where we're putting our emotion contributes to that made so much sense to me. As a psychology major, I hadn't really gone there. I'd gone to support groups and gone the traditional route. 
So I said, you know what, for a couple of weeks, other than getting my Coumadin adjusted, because I was told I'd be on the blood thinner for life, you know, I was like, I'm not going to go to doctors. I'm just going to really focus on my mind, how I'm speaking to myself, where my attention is, where my energy is. And I just kind of bathed myself in in Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Caroline Mace and, and people that were inspirational and were talking about that different possibility of how strong our minds were. And I started paying attention to gratitude, paying gratitude, especially in the morning and at night when the pain was usually the worst. Instead of running the dialogue of, I wonder if I'm going to pass out in pain today, I would really focus on, I'm grateful I get to lay in bed today and read, and I'm grateful I get to read to my kids, even if I can't chase them around the way, you know, I want to. There's there's a ton of things that I can do, and within three weeks of just really reading and watching videos and mostly just focusing on my mind, I was pain-free. I was off of pain medication and felt better than I had in seven years. Which was pretty miraculous, when he, I'm sure, for you to discover that the seven-year journey that seemed to have no resolution for you and no way to get out of the pain, when you immersed yourself for three months, and it sounds like you totally immersed yourself in every way possible of um, inspiration, of upliftment, of messages that reminded you of the power that you had to heal and transform your life. When it's like that was your steady diet, right? <laughs> For yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like that, which so few of us do. I mean, we, you know, we may listen to a good, you know, podcast like mine, or you may read a book, but you were at a place where you just surrendered and and really just allowed every moment that you possibly could to be given a message of healing and empowerment. And, and that's pretty amazing. What, what 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 happened to you after those three weeks? Because I'm sure there's a part of you that just was shocked and overwhelmed yeah. and, <laughs> and shaken I didn't, to the core. You know, you I became someone not, else. Yeah, I did not know I could heal myself. I really didn't. I, I knew that this was a route I hadn't taken and – let's try this too, you know, let's see if this makes me feel better. But I had no idea that I could heal myself and be pain-free. And, yeah, it was a shock, and I wanted to kind of shout it from the rooftops, like, hey, you know, all the people in my support group, hey, you can get better, you know. Um, And not everyone is open to hearing that. (laughs) I found out very quickly, you know, a lot of people said that I wasn't, couldn't be truthful, maybe I wasn't really sick, you know, all of these negative comments and I I really kind of knew it was my wish and mission something awakened in me that was like I need to get this information out to people because there are so many people in chronic pain and just even if there's a couple of people that I touch that it can you know reawaken that that ability of leading a healthy life like all possibilities open from there I didn't know what I was going to do after that because I was told I wouldn't be doing anything that I would be in a wheelchair and not able to do much so 
it really did open up so many possibilities and I started to write a lot. I always loved writing. I started to write and blog and make spiritual connections that way. And quickly the mind, the mind body became more of a spiritual journey as I was looking into, well, how did I heal? Well, I changed my energy, you know, so it, it quickly became a spiritual journey and I was writing basically a spiritual blog about how, different ways and I was just researching all the different ways that we could heal our body whether that was EFT or different energy healing modalities and as I was doing that I was kind of falling in love with some along the way and ones resonated and really wanted to just keep building my toolbox and offering people tools because everyone is so different and what resonates with one person won't resonate with the next person so I just wanted to be able to get a lot of tools to offer people so they could start having those like aha moments and, hey, maybe life could be better. And the physical healing was the first part of my life that I needed to work on. <laughs> and then after that, you know, came all of the other parts, too, that were really important. So, I mean, the mind-body connection isn't just about the mind uh, healing the body. It's really about changing your life in, in every single way. Yeah, so powerful. I'm just curious if you had any insights into what had occurred earlier in your life that had the you know, consequence of of compromising the function of your body. Yeah, I I call myself a recovering perfectionist now. <laughs> I know that was part of it that I was always pushing myself. I was always doing for other people. Uh, Self-care really wasn't a thing that I considered. It was more, how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to show up for my friends? How am I going to just kind of do for everyone else instead of me? And my body, you know, at some point, it definitely gave me subtle signals first. And, yeah, at some point it was just like, you know what, I'm not working anymore. No, you're not going to be running around helping everyone else. You're going to be in bed. And it took me a while to recognize that. Um, There definitely was, you know, some past trauma, too, that came up. You know, I had sexual abuse in my past that, you know, I dealt with that as well. You know, while while you're sick and laying around, you have a lot of time to think. So things definitely come to the surface. And yeah, just even that though, it's it's very different when you're in a uh, a debilitated mindset versus when you're in a healing kind of journey when you're looking at trauma because you can be a lot more gentle with yourself when you're in that healing space and know that we're not our past stories and know that wounded people wound people, you know, and can can really learn I've learned so much since then uh, and like I said just going into every different area of my life one of the first things I did here when I healed was you need to look at your marriage I'm like I'm not ready yet <laughs> was my initial response like nope not going there you know I think it would have been too much for me immediately to do that but in time I did do that you know and now I've been in the most miraculous relationship of my life, seven and a half years, and, you know, just keep falling more in love every day. But I don't think I could have attracted that from who I was at that point. So I love working with people on just awakening to that self-love and self-worth so they can 
change. I love that it's the love code because it is all about love. You know, when you do feel that self-love and worthy, you can really start attracting everything that resonates with that. Well, your story is so profound, and it's such a teaching story, as I like to say, because um, the reason why I asked about what was happening earlier in your life is because, in my experience as a psychotherapist and as a naturopath and just someone who has been on a spiritual path for a very long time, it really is always understanding the whole the whole journey that a person is on, and um illnesses don't just show up, right? They just don't show up out of nowhere. It's that our body is a a communication system. It's letting us know that something that we have been thinking, something that we have emotionally been affected by, some wound is part of the matrix for getting to the healing. And often we want to take the vitamins and the supplements and try to just deal on the physical, try to get that physical part of us back to um, some level of balance. But we can't ever do that if we're holding on to the frequencies of fear, of anger, of abuse, because they have a direct impact consciously and mostly unconsciously until you're made to pay attention on our body and on every single cell. So, um, you know, it takes courage to do what you did. But then again, you were up against the wall. You didn't have, it took you seven years, Jenny, so it took you a while to get there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing, That's of it. course. But, you know, you, it, yeah, you know, you, it, you, you had some challenges, and it, it did take you a while to finally surrender, to get to that place where you were willing to um, shift frequencies, to, you know, step out of fear and negativity and whatever you were holding on to in the past to be the true you. And then the miracles happen, right? Because it doesn't really take time for the body to heal. It just takes a shift of consciousness. It can heal quickly after that. Yeah, I mean, when you shift your consciousness, you shift the energy. And that's everything. As you said, it's... You know, every cell of your body starts to change. And, I mean, I I did never in a million years would I have thought in three weeks it was a possibility that I could be totally better. And, you know, I think maybe you know, I did have that advantage because sometimes when people are so holding on so tightly to, well, I'm doing everything right, right? Why am I not getting better? You know, I didn't have that. All I was focused on was I haven't tried this it makes sense. Let's see if it makes me feel better. And yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was pretty miraculous. And I know I ran into one of my doctors. I didn't go back to doctors for a while. And I went back to the hematologist about a year later and got his permission. Actually, he gave me his blessing to go off the blood thinner saying where your mind is now, it would be more dangerous for you to be on it than to come off of it. So that was very interesting that, you know, a doctor did tell me that and I was able to go off my last medication. And after that, my my new doctor, when I finally did go back to the doctor, uh, my the doctor that had really kind of pushed a lot of medications on me was removed. And I, I had an Indian doctor 
to an Eastern doctor, and her first words to me were, I don't prescribe medication easily, do you meditate? <laughs> so, you know, it was very interesting to me that, again, like, I just felt like I attracted that, and I had run into my old doctor uh, in the street, and in the meantime, I think, like, six months after, and he was like, why haven't you been back in, you know, and I'm like, I'm all better, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, well, how did you do that? I don't understand. You were coming in, like, two, three days a week, so... It's just very interesting to see that, yeah, I mean, some people just do have that limited perspective, but I do feel like most doctors now have seen those cases of miraculous healing. Well, um, gosh, you know, it, it, it probably took you a while to even accept that this had actually occurred. I don't know if you... Well, let me ask you: Did the did, did your pain that you were dealing with um, begin to subside gradually, or did you wake up one day and it was gone? It's funny, like trying to look back at that time. I really do feel like it subsided. Like each week was a little better, and then that third week, I finally was like, "Wow, I'm not. I'm better. Like I don't feel any pain." I can, I have my energy. That was another thing. I had no energy. I really kind of felt like I had the flu every day. But again, what was I feeding my mind? I was in pain. That's such a hard cycle. When you're in pain, you know, then you don't sleep well. So you're not getting that rest. And then, you know, you're entering the next day depleted. And it just keeps going on and on. And if your mind is feeling those thoughts of, ow, my legs. I know I woke up every morning. Ow, my legs. Am I going to? pass out in pain, is it safe to drive my kids, like all these limiting, fearful thoughts, that is not healing, you know, so to switch that up, and at first it was kind of appalling, Dr. Solomon, like when you start hearing your thoughts, it was pretty appalling to me, the things I was saying to myself, you know, that I wasn't a good enough mom, and I wasn't a good enough wife, and all of these limiting beliefs that I wasn't even really consciously hearing until I started listening, and recognizing that that's how most people talk to themselves. There's this voice that can, is incessantly saying these negative things, and the only way, the only person that can stop it is ourselves. No one else can do that for us. We can, you know, do kind of like what I did, just immerse yourself, bathe in other people's material until it finally gets through. Um, but really the only one that can flip that switch is us. So it sounds like you, however the the magic of one's life unfolds, arrived at a time after years of being in chronic pain and having these chronic illnesses where you um, suddenly realized you needed to pay attention to what you were thinking rather than just going off on your daily routine thinking those negative, fearful thoughts. And, of course, when you're dealing with chronic illnesses, I would say most of the thoughts that a person becomes addicted to have to do with, I'm in pain, I can't do this, why is this me? You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to die? How am I? It's like a, you know, an, a, a constant barrage of fear-based thoughts. Yeah, Absolutely. And pain's real, you know, I mean, pain's pretty distracting. And when you don't have 
someone telling you things can be different. You're just really believing in the internet can be wonderful or it can take you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, if you're looking up your diseases and every possible symptom, the fact that I manifested a blood clot after being told I was more likely to get one, I mean, that shows the power of the mind. Yeah. Right. So you had the, um, you had a power that was basically being used against yourself because you did not understand the power that you had. And only by going through the dark night of the soul that you went through, that you immersed yourself in, that you were able to really step into your true power and understand and experience without a doubt. It wasn't just a concept that you embraced. You actually physically had the evidence of totally transforming this body that was so you know, energetically out of whack to yeah. <laughs> be aligned again, right? To be aligned so the cells could function optimally, so you can get the right messages for your body's ability to regain balance again. No easy. I mean, you know, I mean, that is, you know, it's, it's such a, an acknowledgement to you and to your soul, because I often see this as, you know, your soul finally was able to get through <laughs> to your, to your personality, mm-hmm. to your, to your ego self, right? It was fine. Yeah. You finally arrived. Your soul finally arrived at a moment of awakening. It's almost like a, I would say not almost, I would say it's like a peak experience. It is a peak experience that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I would say that as well. Yeah, and so many times it does take, unfortunately, those, you know, a traumatic event for that aha moment to happen. And it really was in listening to my thoughts, too, of, realizing that I had been a perfectionist for all those years and had expected so much of myself and had put so much pressure on myself and was really a horrible friend to myself. I was not, you know, I was the worst possible critic. So to be starting to talk kinder to myself, like I would my kids, you know, like I would a loved one, it it really did. It changed everything. Yeah, what an amazing, amazing um, journey of awakening that you um, went through. And it took you to the other side, which is this work that you do. So talk a bit more about what that journey, that awakening led you to and um, the intuitive gifts that you've opened to and just all that has transformed for you since that time. How long ago did that happen, Jenny? 15 years. It's been about 15 years that I've been healthy. And initially when I, when I healed, I I shared that I wanted to like share it from the rooftops, you know, Hey, you could heal yourself and didn't know how to do that. So I started blogging and started really connecting with other spiritual bloggers and other modalities of healing that I had never heard of, never entertained the possibility that they were truths. Uh, I've never just really went there in my mind, but started to hear all these different stories of how other people healed and started to add a bunch of books to my Amazon wish list. And the next catalyst was my dad had gotten me a bunch of books for Mother's Day. And when I opened the book, The Reconnection, it was actually like vibrating in my hands. 
And I hadn't felt energy like that and didn't understand what that meant, but it definitely got my attention. And I read the book and had a bunch of weird things happen as I was reading the book, like a bunch of energetic experiences, as well as felt called to look up a local reconnective healing practitioner and then go and become a reconnective healing practitioner and in that conference, I did see other miracles happen and felt energy stronger than I ever had and really got in touch with the energy body and understanding. One of the books I did re- read in my healing was uh, Caroline Mace's Anatomy of the Spirit. And I had fallen in love with chakras. The first time I read about them, I remember almost like crying in gratitude. Like I was like, oh, this explains so much. You know, I don't feel safe walking on this planet and my legs hurt. You know, I mean, it just everything correlated for me. So to to reconnective healing, to, to be an energy healing practitioner was something I never imagined, waving my hands over someone and that actually doing something, but it started to make a lot of sense. And in doing that, it really opened up other energetic connections. And I started receiving messages during some sessions and I wasn't trusting of them. I was like, where is this information coming from? Am I making this up? Is this in the person's energy field? You know, what is this? And I had come across a bunch of spiritual bloggers that actually got in Akashic record readings and I did not know what that was. And, but I trusted these bloggers that were saying it was life changing. So I got mine and it came back with that. Uh, I would make a great healer. And that was around the time that I got the book, The Reconnection. And everything just started to fall into place. And about a year after doing the reconnective healing work, I realized that I wasn't trusting the messages I was getting. And I wanted a way to kind of tap into energy where I felt a little more in control or I felt like I was getting messages from a specific place. So I took Akashic Record reading training. And I've been doing that for, I think, like 12 years now. Uh, and yeah, just kind of followed my path. Anything that helped me or really like jolted me, I would follow that and be like, okay, if it did it for me, it'll probably help other people. So what, you know, let me learn more. And I was really excited to learn more, you know, learned about Ho'oponopono, learned about you know, law of attraction, learned about different energy healing modalities and really just kind of followed that journey so that I could open, I could have a big toolbox to offer people and I never got away from the mind-body connection though you know I did go a little woo-woo you know with the energy work but at the same time I recognized that even I had people have really dramatic healings with energy sessions but I noticed that if their mind had not changed if they hadn't had that aha moment that they would get sick again or they would manifest some other situation in their life that was not energetically, you know, positive for them. So really love working with people on both levels. The spiritual level is beautiful. I love energy work, but I really do love and find the mind-body the most important because how we talk to ourselves is what informs our body. And we need to heal some of those energetic wounds. I mean, it's nice to get that energy flowing again, But it really is about being mindful and aware of how we're talking to ourselves and how we are in relation to everyone else in the world. And my latest, I guess, another dark night of the soul I had was about a year and a half ago. Two years ago, my mom got ill, and I was her sole caregiver for six months, and then she passed from cancer. 
So I watched her best friend, you know, dwindle and pass. And it was a real kind of honor to be with her those last six months. But her passing was another <laughs> dark night of the soul. And that led me to shamanic training, which I'm about to end um, over a year of shamanic training. And that really helped me to just that shifting of energy and that connecting to ancestors and that connecting to the power within us all that connects us all. And yeah, just loving this journey. Uh, it has been my, some of my greatest challenges have, have created my greatest gifts have come from those. Um, and I do know that is the case, even though at the time it feels like, you know, absolute hell, <laughs> but, uh, in hindsight, you know, I do know my illness was one of my greatest gifts. It, it is, makes me very empathic with my clients that come to me and my mom passing. I've really learned a new level of self-care since then and a new level of self-love. I teach self-love, but I lost my biggest cheerleader. So I had to really kind of change that and really up it even more. And yeah, it's, it's been some journey the last 15 years in that time too. I, you know, gained the love of my life and uh, have good relationships with both my kids. And you just start seeing how things around you just start really reflecting the work that you're doing inside. You know, your inner work really does reflect the outside. Your relationships become more aligned. Other people fall away. Uh, and you really just, become more certain that you're on your path and it's not like bad things don't happen or you don't get off path and it's not like I don't say negative things to myself once in a while but I get back on path on my path much quicker and I realize it's not really off path it's just another <laughs> another diversion you know and more learning to do um, so yeah I really absolutely love this journey and love teaching other people how to just become their best friends so they can continue to heal and open up and attract the things in their life that, that resonate with joy. So could you share if you, if you want to a little bit about the journey that you went through recently with your mother and the role of the shamanic healing that you were learning through that, through that journey with your mother? Yeah, well, through the journey with my mom was really hard. I mean, you know, you don't imagine bathing your mom. You don't imagine doing these things that you know, she did for me. Um, but it was very challenging. But I also knew that my mom, I grew up with my mom saying she didn't want to live till she was old. And for her, 70 was when your body starts breaking down. She passed at 69. So she passed pretty young. But I don't think that was a coincidence either, you know, and she had lost my stepdad six years prior and she was really, really in a lot of grief, more grief than she showed from that, that I recognized once I was caregiving her every day, you know, how much grief she was in for that. And grief is, whew, you know, grief is, uh, is, can be very destructive. You know, if, if you are not, if my mom was holding it in, she wasn't expressing it. She was someone that always wore a big smile on her face and did for everyone else over and over again. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got to talk. I That time with her was very precious. You know, I got to learn things about her I didn't know, even though I thought I knew everything. And then when she left, you know, even though, you know, I was ready consciously on one level because you know, her body was dwindling and I knew it was getting to be time. I mean, when she left, 
the brush of grief that came over me and sorrow was something I'd never experienced before. And I've had people close to me pass, but it was nothing like that. I mean, I talked to my mom like at least once a day, sometimes like three times a day. She was my best friend. So after that, um, I had had actually some grief dreams where I was waking up, like basically like hysterically crying, missing her. And um, I was led by a couple synchronistic things to reach out to uh, a woman in my community about a half an hour away that had, she had lost her son. She was a judge and she had just signed a book deal with Hay House on writing a book about surviving grief through shamanism. And when she lost her son, she went on this journey and through shamanism, she healed some of that grief. And so she had a four month class online that I took about healing grief through shamanism, learned about the directions, learned about connecting deeper with nature, learned about even deeper roles, about what roles I had played and uh, transmuting that role of daughter. And it really helped me just gain another perspective and release a lot, a lot of ceremony with fire to release things. And then she had a shamanic training come up that was like a year long to really work the directions and, you know, I guess, you know, become a shaman. I'm still not totally comfortable with that word because I do think it's so sacred, but to learn shamanic techniques um, to help other people. Um, that's such a fascinating story because, um, it, you know, it really resonates with me. I I actually have spent time in Peru and in um, Costa Rica with ceremonies with shamans, and it's a part of our culture that we actually have uh, deleted. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, in fact, I'm in fact I'm, I'm doing an online course now with a um, uh, Incan shaman. Wow. Because I find it so fascinating to deal with ceremonies, right? To deal with understanding yes. the role that these um, enlightened aware cultures have used for thousands of years to give us a connection to the greater power that exists within us and around us. And, you know, the sad things about our culture is that Generally speaking, you know, there's Christmas, there's Halloween, there are birthdays, yeah. but not. It's, but we don't come from a place of of ceremony, of true ceremony, no. of tapping into these energies that uh, define us and create us, right? So um, it's kind of a sadness for me that I never was brought up with those, um, you know, those those cultures that understood that. And, um, you know, I've certainly been seeking them out in my life because I've had time with um, Native American elders and Aboriginal elders and Hawaiian elders. I just would be fascinated by cultures that had a deeper and more profound connection to, to nature and to ceremonies and to tapping into the real power that we had. So it's, you know, it's, it's something that's returning now like this course you did. And, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, Jenny, it's kind of being um, 
being a shaman is kind of like the new thing, like being a yogi teacher, you know, being a yogi, a guru, it's the shaman thing. I found <laughs> from my time in Co- the five years in Costa Rica that I would go and do this work. Everyone now wants to be a shaman. So it is, it is a, a growing awareness, but it also is, um, you know, we, we want to really honor what that means. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe there's another word yeah. that we need to create for you know passive shamanism or shaman training. It, it takes a long yeah. time to, and it's a lineage. That's what I also isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah. so beautiful. I mean, the ceremonies—they have helped me on so many levels. They've taken me so much deeper. I was just talking. This, I was practicing with a friend in my class today. You know, my training today and was saying, you know, it's just so amazing to me that I've been on this journey for 15 years and this work just always has me, every ceremony, I'm like learning new things about myself still. You know, it is so beautiful and and profound. You know, every, yeah, and I do struggle with that word shaman. So that's interesting. It's funny. And when I had gone to my teacher that introduced me to this other teacher who is a Lakota pipe holder, you know, she was like, you're already a shaman. And I was like, no, don't say that. Like, I'm not, it's not a comfortable word for me because I do honor it, you know, and I do, um, I just have such respect for the lineage and for the traditions handed down. And I love that you've explored them. And I've definitely been called to them too, done, you know, sweat lodge. Look, look I definitely have been um, drawn to some Lakota teachings. Um, I've done shamanic journeying for like 10 years with other shamans but never imagined doing the training myself. And I don't think if my mom hadn't passed, gotten a soul retrieval to kind of get rid of those grief dreams, I don't think I would have been, you know, I I don't know that I would have, this would have been next for me. Um, But I do feel so drawn to it. You know, that's what's um, amazing as we look back on our lives. We really see Every event, every circumstance, no matter whether they're painful or joyful, are there all these circumstances, all these experiences are part of the bigger journey of life that are leading us to our growth, to, in your case, the, the next learning, the next level. It's all, it's all there as signposts to guide us along the way, whether we understand them in the moment, which we generally don't. Uh, but yeah. as the path unfolds, we we see it, right? We then recognize it. We then appreciate everything that has happened because everything that's happened is taking us to this journey of reconnecting with who we are and our greater purpose. Yes. Perfectly said. I, I agree. And yes, I shared some of the the two toughest things in my life had been my illness and my mom passing and they've led to two pretty amazing gifts and yeah. um yeah never at the time yeah kicking screaming <laughs> resisting wouldn't have imagined that but yeah i mean and and i'm i'm grateful for the journey you know and i can honestly say like i'm grateful for the time sick which i never would have said that before you know i'm grateful i for the time i had with my mom before she passed and that she went on her own terms in a way too that she that i got to witness you know her her telling me she you know she had more people on the other side that were waiting for her she was ready you know and she was tired and she didn't like living alone and 
you know, all of these things that she kind of like disrespect of um, me having to let go and honor someone else so deeply that it's, it's not about me, you know, it is about this other person and their journey. And that's how I feel with all my clients. Like just how can I honor you and how can I help you honor you and what, you know, what your path is. And it's such a, an honor to be part of that journey. It's truly entering the deep mystery of life. You know, when you're dealing with someone who is passing, and I, I was there helping my mother when she was passing. Actually, when she was actually in the dying process, I was you know thousands of miles away, and um, <clears throat> I just spent time with her. But when she actually went, you know, to start stopped eating and stopped drinking and she just was ready to go and I knew she was ready to go because her faculties were failing it's the last thing my mother wanted to have happen but I was <clears throat> thousands of miles away and um, there was no way I would get back in time to be there even for the funeral and um, it was uh, then then I went to, to bed one night and um, and I knew she you know, was going to be passing soon. So I went to bed and uh, I, I woke up, you know, from an experience. Now, I, I actually am not one of those people that have deep visions in their dreams. So when you have one, you know, <laughs> it's not a dream. And I had one that night. And, you know, I, I was lying, you know, looking at her lying. We're both lying down and facing each other and saying, you know, I, I love you to each other. And, and there was a ceremony where I had raised her up above my head and we were walking along the path. And I mean, it was an amazing experience to be able to wow. actually be in, um, in conversation with my mother saying to each other, you know, I love you and I'm there for you. Because, um, you know, in reality, she was not talking or she was gone. Mm-hmm. She was out of it, you know. She was she was preparing for her transition, but that I wouldn't have been able to have had a conversation with her of that nature if I was there with her in the flesh. But in the, in this other dimension, it was so powerful and so real, and it felt such a blessing to be able to say goodbye to her and help her on her way. Because in, as I was like holding her uh, above me, and she said, "Yes, I'm going to go and meet." dad and I said yes you are now she never believed in anything other than um, curtains out when you die so death for her was so terrifying because that was wow, the end yeah. and yet in this in this experience she said yes I'm going to go meet with dad and I said absolutely you know it was like it's like a, another another part of her uh, reconnecting so uh, I you know I really can appreciate and honor how powerful and how how blessed you were to be with your mother when she was on this journey of the deep mystery of death and transformation and rebirth. Well, just, the it was that really you beautiful. Let go yeah. and say goodbye, but there is no death. There is no death. Yeah. And there was a couple of days before before she went really out of it and couldn't communicate anymore. We she loved Leonard Cohen, so I would play Leonard Cohen for her, and you know I'd gone out of the room to clean something and come back in, and she was like crying, but tears of like joy. She's like, Jen, it's so beautiful. She's like, the angels are here. You know, I saw my brother. I saw 
So she saw a lot of the people on the other side and she had a moment. Mm -hmm. She had that experience where, you know, I think she, she always did feel like there was more, but never really had, you know, words or anything like that. But she was like, no, there, you know, like, um, she thought she was going then because she had such a profound experience. She actually recalled some people to say goodbye because she thought she was, you know, that was kind of her like, okay, I'm ready. Um, so, yeah, I was so grateful that she got to have that experience, too, you know, and know that she would be greeted, you know, when she, when she did cross over. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, a blessing for everyone. <laughs> a blessing for everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Very, you know, very powerful experiences on your journey, Jenny, and in this time of um healing and the need to understand how we can uh, truly change our life, change our world, and through this healing work that you're doing and that people are drawn to, it's actually contributing to a much greater healing that is needed and is occurring on the planet at this time, maybe beyond the planet, right? So it's important that people reconnect to who they are and your you know, being a midwife, being a shaman, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, and helping people to to their true selves, to their true mission, yeah. to their true sense of love. Powerful. That is that powerful, is all about work. Yeah, yeah, it is about them reawakening to that love. That, like you said, that soul connection. Our soul never doubts how powerful and unlimited we are, but, wow, the brain will try everything to get in the way. So <laughs> repeating the past stories and, and limits and everything we've heard, that you know, we tend to dwell on every single negative thing people have said to us, but we don't bask in the positive affirmations we've gotten and the compliments we've gotten. So, yeah, it really becomes such a journey to stay present and non-reactionary and know ourselves i mean that really is it's the journey inward to just you know the about the you know taking off the layers so we're just getting to know ourselves more and more and it's i mean it's an exciting beautiful journey there's some there's some horrific stuff that comes up along the way healing it ain't always pretty you know i tell my clients that there's going to be tears and and some rough spots but it's so much better than living unconsciously and just letting life happen to you yeah it's so powerful. I just remember um, a couple of years ago, I actually uh, fractured my my arm in three places, and I never had a broken bone in my body. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm dealing with these three fractures, and then it's surgery, and then they needed to put a plate in, and and then I went through this healing process. And um, you know, I was grateful to everything I had learned and all the resources I had because I chose to use that time to really prove how I can accelerate my complete and total healing because people physio was showing me people who you know, never were able to turn their wrist fully again or got feeling back into their mm-hmm. hands all the nerves that got cut and I just was determined to take the challenge and just bring on the opportunity and and I I mean, I did that, and it was, you know, I chose to make it a, a good challenge, right, of my ability to attract what I needed and to activate the healing power within me so I could 
demonstrate to myself how how rapidly and completely I could heal. And I did, you know. I, it's, I, I had total and complete healing. And you know, back back to my my normal hand, but it was that oh. it was um, it was just using that that opportunity because I already had resources from years right from years of my yeah that I then called upon uh, rather than freaking out and you know taking medications and listening to the negative stories that I heard from you know other people it, it was it was that uh, ability to see this as an opportunity to step into my own healing power. So, um, you know, I appreciate everything that you've been going through. It really resonates with me and the the, um, the gifts that we have. And as we become more aware and as we learn more of the tools that you're teaching, and we're going to talk about what you're doing in a minute, um, we take every opportunity, every experience becomes a chance to really um, show ourselves how we can uh, enact our power to transform and heal. So having said all that, let's talk about what you are doing. Let's talk about your uh, Love 365 app because that sounds like such an amazing tool for people. Thank you. Yeah, well, I really want people to step into that self-love and self-worth. So Love 365 was actually kind of born from my mom's passing too and me needing to kind of step up for myself and become that, you know, even more. I was an advocate for self-care before, but this is a whole new level of self-care and self-love. So Love 365 is, it has like a weekly theme. The first week is, is free love through the chakras. And we'll tell you a little bit about each and give you a little exercise. I believe in really easy exercises. I don't want to give people tons of homework, but a little five to ten minute exercise and an affirmation of the day because this is an ongoing journey and we can all use that self-love affirmation through different areas of our life, through relationships, through maybe we're not setting correct boundaries, through you know, our work, through you know, our, how we talk to our body. So really teaching people self-love on from all different perspectives, but really like going deep, taking off those layers, really getting it through. You know, I needed those three weeks of talking to myself and immersing myself every day, but I still need these little reminders and doing this, creating this for other people has really been such a journey for me too. And it's been beautiful to share this with people and I have the free community too, Reawaken You, which is about reawakening the self-love and self-worth and and owning your life and your power and your unlimited possibilities. And I offer a free energy session once a month where actually I hook up my um, my mom's plant that she left me, her geranium, to my music of the plants machine, the music. The plant plays music through the music of the plants machine, which is also healing. So kind of invoking nature as well as doing energy healing to set an intention. And that's I do that free every month, a half-hour healing session around intention. Um, just I really want to support people. I really want them to know. Yeah, the biggest gift I can give to people is just to let them see their light, kind of hold up the mirror, you know, so they can start seeing themselves truly instead of, picking apart their flaws, but really seeing to their soul and start living from that space. 
Well, it sounds wonderful what you have put so much of your heart and mind into to create this app, Love. So people go to Love, go to go to search, go to app, their app store, do a search for Love 365. Is that is that how how they do it? Yeah, you can go. Well, you can go to jennymanion.com slash love365 or jennymanion.com and get more information too. Because then you can join my Reawaken You community. And sure. yeah, my website's probably the best place to go. Okay, so I'm just going to let people know how to find you on your website. So it's Jenny, J E N N Y, Manion, M A N N I O N.com. So people can go to Jenny's website, JennyManion.com, learn all about her free healing sessions, her monthly session, about her app, about um, many of the gifts, resources, and I'm sure your um, uh, consulting people want to work with you as well. It's all there. Um, Did we we cover all that, Jenny? We got everything? We did. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure and delight to have you on the Love Code today. It's an inspirational message, Jenny, that you are you have shared and are sharing with the world. So, uh, thank you so much for the commitment to be the best you can be in your life. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was so lovely to speak with you. And so it was for me, too. So thank you. Thank you all listening to um, another wonderful conversation on the Love Code. I look forward to having you back again next week. And until then, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.